0: Today, we're going to go personal and talk about Saturday Night Live. Now, why do I say this is personal? Because I absolutely adore Saturday Night Live. I started watching Saturday Night Live when I was in middle school, and I've watched it pretty much my whole life. I mentioned in the Pete Davidson episode that there's been some spells here and there where I haven't watched it, but really from 1986 to today, I've watched Saturday Night Live, which is a good... At least 75% 75 of its existence, it's in its 48th year. And I wanted to do an episode on it because it is movie adjacent, given that it has produced a lot of movie stars, going back to the original cast with Bill Murray and Chevy Chase. But even more recently with, with, I mean, Jason Sudeikis, and I don't know if you you could say, Sandberg's had his little run with Lonely Island, and maybe Kate McKinnon has had some acting talent or acting career but certainly in in, in the, the intervening years you have people like Will Ferrell and, and Sandler and other people like that so it certainly it has produced comedic and in some cases dramatic talent and i want to do an episode on on what i think is wrong with starting alive because i i love this show and i love this show and i want to see it succeed and I don't think I'm the only one who thinks that the show has kind of lost its footing the last few years. I'm going to cover some of the reasons why I think it's lost its footing and what we can do to make it succeed or Lorne Michael or whatever Lorne Michael's successor is. Now, let's kind of go back in time for those of you who don't know Saturday Night Live that well. It was created by Lorne Michaels, who's, I mean, he is essentially the godfather of comedy. If you look at his tentacles, his producing company has been involved with pretty much all the late night shows, so if you think, of course... Alumni of Saturday Night Live would be Jimmy Fallon and, and Seth Myers. And then you look at his production company with 30 Rock and Parks and Rec. And a host of other shows. Lord Michaels has got his his hands in everything. A lot of the movies that were done by Saturday Night Live actors were produced by him. So if you look at Wayne's World, for example, is one of several movies. Night of Roxbury, for example, is another one. So he and like Apatow I think, are the two the two dominant Godfathers of comedy. So he started the show in 1975. The original cast included people like Gilda Radner and. And I was going to say Bill Murray, but Bill Murray came on the year after Chevy Chase left. Chevy Chase was only there for a year. You got Jim Belushi, you got Dan Aykroyd and so forth. And that original cast lasted for about five years. Then they brought in a new cast in 1980. And and the star of that early cast was Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was only 18 or so when he came on the show. And he's iconic for like Buckwheat and and uh, his James Brown impressions and some other ones. And then he left, and then Lorne Michaels was kicked out for a few years, and that was a really tough time. They brought in some pretty well-known, we look back now, like Robert Downey Jr. They brought in Martin Short, for example, for a year. They brought in Billy Crystal, and then they brought back Lorne Michaels in 1985, and that's when he brought in the kind of, I guess— I would say there's three golden generations of SNL and I know this is a hot take and I guess this shows my age. If I was 70, maybe I'd feel differently. But I'll include this generation as one of the golden generations. But I'm not a big fan of the original cast. When I watched the original Saturday Night Live, I mean, look, there's classic skits. I'm not gonna say there's no comedy. But I think it's it was a different time. You know, that show at the time was exceedingly subversive. That was the whole point of Saturday Night Live, was that it was, it was subversive. And Lorne Michaels can deny that there's any political leaning in SNL, but obviously it's leaning to the left because all of its writers and its actors are all left. So it, it does lean to the left. But in the 70s, it was much more subversive. And now I think the last, ooh, probably 20 years, it's it's much more mainstream and much more commercial. And the subversive element has pretty much gone i i don't like those early seasons i think maybe it's just a generational thing i I look at them and i think the comedy is some of it is is funny but i think a lot of it is just dated or maybe it's just comedic taste for example i'm not a big fan of monty python movies and 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 the show i i don't get that and there's tons of people who love that stuff no offense to them it's just kind of like we talked about with the comic book movies it's just never been my type of humor so it's neither here nor there I think the second great generation is the generation I grew up in in, in middle school, high school. And Michaels has been on record as saying that you hold allegiance to the cast when you were introduced to SNL. And I think there's a certain element of truth. You see that with comic book movies. You see that with music. I mean, there's music I listen to from the 80s that everybody tells me is absolutely atrocious. But this this is music I grew up with. So if you look at early 80s New Wave... I love early 80s New Wave because my eldest brother introduced that to me when I was seven, eight years old. So I love New Order and The Cure and Erasure and Pet Shop Boys and The Smiths. And and a lot of those, a lot of people would say that some of those bands are just atrocious. So with Saturday Night Live, I, I was introduced to it when Carvey came on and John Lovitz and Hartman, rest in peace, and Jan Hooks, Victoria Jackson, that group, that late 80s. Mike Myers comes on around that time, and around early '90s, then you you still have that kind of golden generation, and then you bring in the Chris Rocks, the uh, Farley, you bring in Rob Schneider, you bring in David Spade, and so you have that period that's kind of running in the early '90s where you have this overlap of kind of that, that second classic generation with these new kids, Sandler, of course, I forgot to mention Sandler, who just came on the scene, you know, season one was, was amazing. And then you saw by 1995, they rebooted, they pretty much got rid of everybody but Spade, and then they brought in that second crew who was Farrell, Gasteyer, Catan, that group, um, Sherry O'Terry. later Rachel Dratch, later Maya Rudolph, and then by the turn of the millennium, then you have Tina Fey coming on and you have uh, Myers and Seth Myers, who was a, was a writer at the time. He was a lead writer. He was, he was doing that more than, than actually doing the acting. And, and then you have that generation. And then I think the third great generation is around 2007 to 2012. This is when you have... Kristen Wiig and Sudeikis and Ar- Armisen and Bill Hader and Sandberg. That group, I think, was just amazing. And at that point, I'm already in my mid-30s, so it's not like I have a childhood attachment to that group, but that group was amazing. And then they left about 10 years ago, and this is the issue. So if you look at the last 10 years, Saturday Night Live has had issues. It's had issues. Because they can't, I I think there I think there's a variety of issues. I think there's a variety of issues. So you you see most of the 2010s, it became female dominated. And I don't think there, there's a necessarily a problem with it being female dominated, but this was the time of Cecily Strong and Aida Bryant, and you had Kate McKinnon, of course, and of course Kenan Thompson has been there since 2003. He is the longest running cast member. Used to be Daryl Hammond, who was an amazing amazing impersonator. But he he's been there forever. And I think that's part of the problem we're gonna talk about. But I think as a whole, you've seen SNL have a problem with finding its identity the last seven years. And you've seen some misses. For example, I am Hispanic and I love when there's talented Hispanic comedians out there. You, you see George Lopez. I'm not a big fan of George Lopez. But you saw when they brought in the Hispanic comedian Melissa Villaseñor, and she just her comedy didn't fit. I don't has nothing to do with her race. It just her comedy didn't fit. So if you were to ask people anywhere in the range of like 2013 to 2021, name me three cast members on SNL. I think most people would be hard pressed to do it. Is this I think most people would be able to mention, like, Kate McKinnon and maybe maybe Cecily Strong. But here is the problem. Like, SNL was always very male-dominated in that it always had very strong males. Yeah, I mean, for every Will Ferrell, you did have a Maya Rudolph. And there was a time, maybe 20 years ago, where you, you saw the first kind of run of strong females in SNL when we had Tina Fey and Maya Rudolph and Rachel Dratch and... um and Amy Poehler in that group. But the, then you see the flip where after that third golden generation, there's no strong male leads. It, most people be hard pressed to mention in the 20 teens, name me two male actors in SNL. And it's not because the women were so strong. I, I think there, there was a very strong female cast in the last 10 years. And I think that was part of the problem was that there were no strong men and then they went through that area with the Trump, the Trump period where they started bringing in the cameos, the A-list cameos, most famously with Alec Baldwin, who I think is such a pretentious blowhard, but that, that's a separate movie we'll have. I can't do it. An Emperor Has No clothes episode on him because I do think he has talent, but uh, don't get me started on Baldwin. But uh, they would bring in these cameos, not just him, but they would bring in other A-list celebrities to do a lot of the, the, the comedic stuff. And I think that was a mistake because you need homegrown talent. If you think of who was playing presidents, you go back to Chevy Chase playing Ford. You go back to Farrell playing Baby Bush. You go to Carvey doing Papa Bush. You go Hammond doing Clinton. Right? You you had uh, these these actors doing the presidents that were homegrown cast members. And I I understand on one level why Lorne Michaels brought in baldwin to play trump because maybe the guys at that time couldn't pull off trump well but i think it was very short-sighted because you're undercutting your your cast because you're essentially telling your cast there's nobody here who can do it and i think it was also like a ratings bump right bringing a-list cast members or a-list celebrities to do these things so now as we are entering or so the 48th year of snl i think there's some issues well, let's go back a couple of years before we talk about this, cast. So COVID, of course, didn't help. And kudos to Michaels and that crew for continuing on. And they did that year where it was essentially all based on Zoom. And so I'm gonna throw that year out because I mean, how can you do comedy that's not live? I mean, part of SNL is the live component, obviously. And so I'm, I'm gonna give them a break for that. Now, one of the things Michaels did wrong was he expanded the cast. And the cast was crazy big. There was a point in this time where they had something like mid twenties cast members. And if you look at the original cast, the original cast, if I'm not mistaken, probably had eight. And if you look at Carvey's time, about eight, he has a podcast with uh, Spade that oh, I can't remember the name of it. It Fly on the Wall, I think, is the name of it. And they essentially talk about SNL and they'll they'll invite and bring on former SNL people to talk about it. But back then the, the cast was small. And look, I think with a small cast, you had to be more versatile, but you were also more in the zone. It's like in basketball or any sport or like my favorite sport, soccer. If you're only playing 15 minutes a match, you can't get in the zone, right? If you're playing basketball and you're getting 10 minutes a game, it's very hard to find your shot. And so when you have an, a small cast, then you're pretty much in, four skits a night right so you you, you have to be in your a-game and the other ancillary benefit of this of course is that you're going to become more well known so when they had the smaller cast you're going to have people blow up like when mike myers came it's like who is this guy because like mike myers felt like he was like a, on another show when he's pulling like sprockets which is honestly one of my favorite skits of all time and in Wayne's world and some of these other ones, uh, the, the kid who's connected in the playground, the one who can't give him sugar. I mean, his, his humor was so different. Simon, that was his name. His humor was just so different. But again, when you have a small cast, somebody comes on who's very talented, it's like, oh my God. And then that helps SNL when they can create stars. And you saw that throughout its entire existence, it was cranking out stars. And that was partly because of a small cast. So then you have the 20 teens and the later, the later 20 teens where Michaels is, is doing two mistakes. He's allowing members to stay too long. Kate McKinnon, of course, Keenan, even Daryl Hammond was probably there too long. Cecily Strong's still there. I think she just finished after 10 years. You saw these people doing long stints. And in the past, a typical stint was about six years. Sometimes you get kicked out earlier. Like Melissa Villasenor, for example. And not to mention, I mean, look, look, Julia Julia Louis-Dreyfus was on SNL for like a season. I mean, there's been talent there. Ben Stiller was on there for a little while. That just didn't work out. And they've passed over great talent. Jim Carrey was supposed to be on SNL, but they passed on him. But I think it was a combination of old Michaels would be like, hey, you want to do something on the side? All right, you got to do it in the summer. Yeah. I'm not going to give you time during the season to do it. Suck it. Too bad. If you don't like it, you can get off the cast. And also, he's like, oh, you want to do a movie? Oh, I'm going to produce it, so I'm going to get some money out of this. But then later on, you saw this even with Kenan. He Keenan had a show that was produced by Lauren Michaels, of course, where he's like, all right, you come in. You can do some SNL episodes. And then at the same time, he's in L.A., flying to L.A. to do his show, which inadvertently was canceled, by the way he's doing his show and then he's doing that. He was letting Kate McKinnon do a lot of movies coming in and out, coming in and coming out. And I think that's a mistake. I think that was a mistake. I don't know. Maybe in his old age, he's losing his keen, keen eye here or something. But so I think it was, he was letting these people stay on too long. He was letting people do stuff on the side. And then I hate to say it. I think COVID didn't help because he needed a bigger cash just in case somebody got sick. But I think, honestly, that was kind of an excuse. I think the bigger the bigger problem is the affirmative action that that's occurred to SNL. Oh, hold on, Gregory. Oh. Diversity, diversity, inclusion. No, America is a meritocracy. That's what made America great. MLK said, don't judge people by their skin color, by their character. That goes both ways. So I think... Look, I'm not proud that SNL had one black guy. What was his name? Garrett. Oh, God. Garrett. I want to say Garrett Headline. Garrett Morris in the original cast. And then you saw, like, there was the token black guy. Like, Tim Meadows was there forever. And you had Chris Rock for a little while. Tracy Morgan. You know, there was always, like, one, maybe two guys. And I'm certainly not proud of that. I'm sure Lorne Michaels is probably on record somewhere saying, like, he wished he had more inclusion, diversity. But it reached a point where... It felt like the cast was so big because it's like we, in this culture of cancellation, in this woke world, it's like we have a checklist. Okay, we can only have two white women. Check, check. Okay, we need a Hispanic guy. Okay, check. We need a Hispanic girl. Check. Melissa Melissa Villasenora. We need at least three black women. Check, check, check. We need at least two black guys check check we need two gay guys check check you know and so the cast got big and if you noticed we would have this cast of a lot of color now again i'm not racist or anything like that but you're having a gigantic cast and so the problem with the gigantic cast and this has necess- nothing has to do with race but when you have a gigantic cast how are these people supposed to hit how are they supposed to Strike a chord with the audience if they're literally like in one skit. It's impossible. And so you saw this problem in the last five years where the cash just got too big. And so you're you're trying to keep up with like, who's this guy? Who's that girl? Who's this guy? Who's this girl? What happened to this guy? I like this guy. He's not there da. da, 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 da. And so I think it did help in this last year because, for example, Pete Davidson, who has no talent, he left. You have Cicely Strong finally leaving. Kate McKinnon left. And look, I'm not saying those people don't have talent. I think Kate McKinnon is not going to have a film career that's successful. But I think she was talented on Saturday Night Live. And I think this helps. And now, so you look at the cast. And the cast is, I think, about about 16 people. And if you take away Colin Jost, uh, who doesn't do anything aside from from, uh, Weekend Update, and Michael Che, then you can really lower that number. So the cast now I think is getting better. It's getting better. I think it's time to let Keenan go. Because look, Keenan, talk about overrated. Keenan does Keenan. Like if it's what's up with that, which I have always loved that skit, he's essentially the same guy. I think, I think you gotta free up the space. Like, like like May talked about with Meryl Streep. Like, if she does a movie, she automatically gets an Oscar nomination. Like, to give away that space to another actress who's young and up and coming. So I think Keenan needs to go. Cecily Strong left. Now, we don't count Che and Jost. Though, I, to be honest, they're not my favorite uh, weekend update pairing. Now, let's look at Mikey Day. I think Mikey Day is talented. I do think he's talented. And he's been on there a good six, seven years by now. And he's good. I think he's good. And I do think he needs more uh more fame. You know, I'm surprised I haven't seen you. You don't really see him doing a lot of movies, but he's good. Heidi Gardner, I think, is okay. Um, she's okay. I'll just say she's okay. And she's done some movies, like she did that movie uh, Hustle with Sandler. She's all right. Ego Wodum, she's Sarah Sherman, she's a new one. I think she's, uh, she this is her rookie year. I think she's actually quite talented. She does some good stuff. Chloe Fineman, I think, is actually the breakout that Michaels needs to realize is the breakout. Now, she's been on this show, I think, three, four years now. She's probably most famous for doing a great Britney and a great Drew Barrymore and a great Nicole Kidman. So she can do her impersonations. She's also attractive. She's actually attractive, too. And I think that helps. Let's be real, right? We're all visual creatures. And Feynman is probably the most attractive person, woman on SNL. I mean, off the top of my head, Nassim Pedrad was pretty attractive. Um, you did say you did see. Um, oh, what was her name? The one that used to do the the Zoe Deschanel skits. Abby Elliott. She's Chris Elliott's uh, daughter. Chris Elliott was pretty famous he was like in there's something about mary and he had his own show you would recognize him if you saw him but she was attractive too but i think feyman is pretty and she's talented and if lauren michaels was smart put her pretty much in four skits a night who else Bo and yang i think Bo and yang is talented but he's in pretty much every skit like when i'm watching it now it seems like they put him in every skit and i think this is michaels's way to compensate and be like we need a gay man of color, you know, we're compensating for all these years of not having inclusion. Now we got to put him in there. But look, he is talented. I'm not going to say he's not talented, but I just think that he's on their way too much. James Austin Johnson is great. He does the Trumps and he does the Biden. And I think he's amazing. And I don't know if he can really do more than that. He He doesn't really do a lot of other skits. And I think that's great, you know, especially in in, in the political seasons, election seasons, just he, he starts out the cold openings. I think that's great. I don't have a problem with him. Michael Longfellow is a new guy. Maybe he's got some talent. Molly Kearney, I really haven't seen much. Marcella Hernandez, he's he, he's had some funny stuff on Weekend Update. But as a whole, this, this is what I would say. <clears throat> Lord Michaels. I us just say Lauren Michael. Lord Michael, cut this cast in half. Really, cut cut it even more. Let's get it down to eight. I'll say ten. Che and Joe's, and then eight. Give more time. Cut strong. Well, strong's already out. She left it in December. Cut out Keenan. God bless him. I love Keenan, but cut him out. And you just give more time to the talented ones like Feynman and Mikey Day, and I guess Bo and Yang. If you find them to be talented. And then give some give some time for Sarah Sherman and Marcelo Hernandez, but certainly Sarah Sherman. Now, the other thing is, what's going to happen to this show? There's been rumors that when the 50th anniversary show comes that Michaels is going to retire. Who's going to replace it? There's been some rumors that it's going to be Tina Fey. Tina Fey apparently doesn't want to take it over. There's been some talk that Seth Meyers would be another successor but he seems to be off record as not wanting to do it because he, look, it is a tough job lord michaels likes to be on set and you have to be there week in week out and so it is a difficult job and it's time consuming so we'll see i mean there's been some talk where he says i'm going to scale back after the 50th year and then there's talk where he's like no i'm going to do this till i drop dead and die because this was my baby and he's like he's like tom brady he can go when he when, when he's ready to go Has he lost some of the edge? I think that he needs to have a better circle around him to identify talent. It's not to say that the cast isn't talented right now, but I think certainly like you see with head coaches, like like look at um, Belichick, right? You you reach, even geniuses can start faltering. And I think if he's not going to step down, he needs to have a good circle around him that's able to identify talent. So my last tips to you is I I would love to see SNL continue. I think this season's been uneven. I do think it's probably better than the last couple of seasons. But don't bring in the celebrity stars. The cameos like the Alec Baldwins. Cut the cast. Focus more on talent and less on inclusion, which is very hard because these guys are liberals and to them inclusion's everything. And give, like they used to say, let Russell Cook over at Russell Wilson when he was with the Seahawks. Identify your talent. And I think Chloe Feynman is your star. She has star potential to be a a star in Hollywood as well. Let your stars cook. And the main way to do that is cut the cast to eight and give a lot of time to your stars. Because if Chloe Feynman can hit, then that's good for the show. Just like when Will Ferrell hit in 1995, 96. So it helps the show if you can implement this. Guys, I'll post a poll over at the Facebook group for The Cinema Rag on SNL. I'd like to hear from you. Go reach out and become a a friend. Follow that over there. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow The Rag today. Until next time.